Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Massive investments announced last week into the state of Indiana. Yet I am fixated on this story that Indiana State University, which in the college conversation, at least in central Indiana, very few people have the conversation of, hey, what about ISU? They actually approved a tuition increase while Purdue is on its nine billionth year of a tuition freeze. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. I want to talk about some of these investments, specifically this General Motors investment that is just beyond belief. But it's Indiana State, their University Board of Trustees, approving the 2.75% tuition increase, which means full-time in-state undergrads pay $9,992 for the 2023-2024 year and $10,258 for the 24-25 year. And you've got the story over at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Colleges are in competition. How in the world does ISU expect to compete with Purdue and uh, IU when they're doing this? It is challenging. And the uh, higher education, Tony, no question about it, is a a business. Uh, ISU has has been challenged uh, in terms of uh, of enrollment and uh, uh, bolstering uh, enrollment to keep that up. That's put a financial strain certainly uh, on the school. The argument that ISU will make or makes – uh, it made last week before its board of trustees is that uh, the tuition has increased. They have kept, though they say, fees down and some of the ancillary costs associated with education. So, but the bottom line is, it, it, it's a challenging environment for all universities. If you, if you go down to the or to the uh, the smaller private schools, uh, a lot of concern uh, there. Obviously, the cost of a private education much more. Uh, but in terms of competition, competition for students. Uh, college-going students, uh, where are they? It's a big question facing higher education right now. And certainly, uh, you know, ISU is at the center of that here in Indiana. You know, this is actually part of a, of a greater conversation. Um, in, in, in Terre Haute, where Indiana State is, because you have this university that should be something that is a thought of in, in very high regard. And, and I think they're having an issue connecting. Uh, that's my take. And then you have Terre Haute and, and the university not being able to host uh, the, these baseball games, NCAA games. It was uh, the Sycamores going up against Texas Christian. It was supposed to take place there in Terre Haute. But you have the Special Olympics doing their event. And all of a sudden, the school decided unilaterally. To say, no, we'll play the games down in Texas, we can't play it here, without discussing it with the mayor, without discussing it with, with uh, members uh, of, of uh, well, call it the community, if, if you will, you've got real anger that was created, and you have the ISU Board of Trustees Chair, Kathleen, I think it's Cabello or it's Caballo, uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, 
The Board of Trustees recognizes and acknowledges the concerns expressed by the Terre Haute and Wabash Valley community and ISU friends and alumni. We are working with the president to create greater engagement with the community. Is there an issue? Is there a real disconnect between the university and the entire area? Is new leadership what's needed? Well, I, I think, Tony, what, and you kind of hit on it there, I think it's an issue whether real or perceived, uh, that there is has been not the greatest working relationship between Indiana State University and the community, be it the business community or or uh, others uh, in Terre Haute. I think that's been an issue for some time. I think there are examples uh, of where that, that, that connection has been good in some of the downtown development near campus uh, and those types of things. But I think there is a feeling that there needs to be uh, needs to be a better connection between Indiana State and uh, the region. Uh, frankly, if you look at Terre Haute and the Wabash Valley, you know Terre Haute as Indiana State University, Rose Holman, the uh, the number one private engineering college uh, in the country, St. Mary of the Woods, they've got a big Ivy Tech community college campus over there. They are rich in terms of educational resources. The challenge is uh, leveraging that for economic development, for growth, and those types of things. I think there is a feeling that that that, that level of connection hasn't been where it needs to be, and I think it's coming into – I think the baseball situation that you mentioned, Tony, with not hosting that Super Regional, uh, which I think cost Terre Haute some, some dollars and some visibility – I think that's put this into uh, into into focus, and I think it's maybe that's uh, going to prompt a, you know a move to get a better connection, a better uh, situation there between ISU and the and the uh, community. I love it when you go full silver lining. Talking to Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness dot com on Twitter at IIB. It costs Terre Haute in the area seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, according to your own reporting. That's more than some dollars. But dollars are flowing into the state. You had a conversation with Governor Eric Holcomb, and congratulations because I didn't know that Governor Holcomb still did interviews. Uh, six hundred thirty-two million dollars from General Motors going into the Fort Wayne truck plant. And three and a half billion and seventeen hundred jobs in New Carlisle. We're making uh, EV uh, batteries huge, huge dollars. What is the long term, and what are they discussing of the possible risks? Well, if you look at the long term impact, and I think you kind of break that down. You mentioned six hundred million plus in Fort Wayne at the truck plant, and that's. That's to, to, to retool and to, to upgrade uh, for internal combustion engines, so not the electric vehicles. But, uh, you know, there's a realization by GM that they're going to need, you know, you know, people still like to drive those uh, internal combustion engine uh, trucks. So they're going to be upgrading uh, there. The big investment, that $3.5 billion in New Carlisle, St. Joseph County near, near South Bend, for electric uh, vehicle batteries, you look at what that kind of the bottom line uh, in this is General Motors' interest in Indiana. You mentioned those two big announcements. There's also the GM Stellantis deal in Kokomo, which is multiple billion dollars. They've also improved uh, plants that many people thought might be going away in Marion and Bedford. So GM appears to be all in, if you will, on Indiana, and and, and that's a good thing. Uh, We've got to train the workforce and have the workers there to do it. But uh, I think any way you look at it, it's a positive that this investment is coming to the state. 
So is there, especially in this uh, EV battery conversation, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not opposed. I like the growth. Clearly, uh, many, many companies going electric, and while I don't believe people should bring their whole force or their whole fleet electric, I, I get that it's part of the world and, and, and it's coming. Has there been a conversation of the downside of uh, EV batteries? Um, is there an issue to... Indiana to to what happens if there's a slowdown? What happens if there's uh, grid issues? Things like that that can mean the less need for, for for batteries. Is it too all in on an industry, or is it part of a larger strategy of more investment? And what are the other fields that Indiana's looking for? Yeah, yeah, and, and I think you know, good questions. And, and I think if you look at uh, the quote unquote downside, I think there there and it's already happening this transition, traditional auto workers in Indiana, there's going to be um, uh, impact in terms of those jobs over time, the traditional auto manufacturing jobs going away and the skills needed uh, are going to be in this electric vehicle and alternative energy space. So that's a transition where workers are going to need to get retrained in, in, uh, in those uh, areas. So states like Midwest states, the rust, quote unquote, rust belt states like Indiana are going through that transition. And that's just going to be part of the, uh, the situation. But if you look at the kinds of investment and where they're going, we mentioned the electric, the electrification of the auto industry, but semiconductors. And the big investment you're seeing at uh, at Purdue and some other places, and more perhaps on the way. Uh, alternative energy. I'll tell you one, Tony. That's going to be one to watch is this uh, whole push to hydrogen energy. Cummins is uh, is yes. big time in, into that. Yeah, in Northwest Indiana, uh, look for some uh, action possibly there in the next number of weeks in terms of big investment. The, the if you ask me, the hydrogen is it. The hydrogen yeah. is where is that? What? What? It's water. That's the byproduct, right? This yeah, is, yeah. And and not having to depend on an electric grid. This is where the good stuff is. I'm very curious to see how this plays out, and I wouldn't mind Indiana being more of a player in that place as well. Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. I appreciate you being with us.